In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. This is the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. And we are starting in chapter 13 of St. Matthew's Gospel. You remember that we were in chapter 11 last week, so we've skipped over chapter 12. Uh, There's just an important part of chapter 12 that I want to bring your attention to. Uh, In chapter 12, uh, Jesus is teaching and uh, the... uh, Uh, People, the crowd come to him and say that his mother and his brothers are there uh, to see him. And Jesus responds, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven. And then chapter 13 starts with uh, St. Matthew telling us on the same day. So St. Matthew is making a a really important point here. He's saying this is the the same day that this happened. So even though Jesus has moved, he's gone to the water, he's gotten into a boat, and this crowd is uh, sitting on the edge of the water. So we're making this beautiful natural amphitheater uh, where Jesus can proclaim the gospel to the assembled crowds. Uh, St. Matthew is saying this is all happening on the same day. And so he's tying these themes together. And so Jesus is going to explain how it is that we be Come his his brothers and sisters how it is that we share with him in his sonship uh, by having the will of the father how does that happen how do we get the will of the father and how does it take root in us and he uses this allegory that we call a parable a parable is a very simple allegory it's an allegory where there's a one-to-one correspondence so the sower is christ and the seed is the word of god it's got a very kind of simple and straightforward structure a parable does and so uh, Jesus is saying that, uh, that the heart that the word of God gets sown into can have basically four conditions. These are the, the four conditions that the heart can have. And he uses uh, earth in order to talk about the condition of our heart. And remember, that's the heart that uh, God judges, right? He doesn't judge the outward appearance. He judges the heart of mankind. And so we're always wanting to judge our own hearts, to perceive and to review the condition of our own hearts, to see if they're in that good working order. And the heart in Christian anthropology is the place where where thinking and feelings happen. So that's that place where our natural responses are kept, right? Uh, When we find ourselves just kind of reacting in our thoughts and our emotions. That's the condition of the heart. So if we find ourselves becoming quickly angry or frustrated or uh, confused, that's the condition of the heart that we're wanting to examine to see where those natural impulses and thinking and feeling lie. The four conditions that Jesus identifies uh, are the path, the uh, rocky ground, the thorns, and the good soil. So these are the four uh, kinds of conditions that he allegorizes. So the first, the path, as you think about it, is that place where it's been uh, worn, right? It's been trampled, and so the foot has pushed the dirt down, so it's this hard, compact surface, and so the seed simply just sits upon the path, right? And if you've ever spread seed, you know that. Uh, You know what a good uh, earth looks like, and you know what it looks like just to sit on even a sidewalk, if you will right the birds come and they eat that right off the top and it's a a waste really of the seed and so jesus says that uh that this is the heart that doesn't receive uh the gospel at all doesn't even understand it and i think that we've all had that experience maybe even in our own lives because all of us have time to time experienced our heart uh being fertile soil we've or, or hard soil we've heard the gospel and thought i don't know what 
what he's talking about. I don't know what Jesus is talking about here. I can't relate to what it is that God wants me to do. Hopefully we can all relate to that. We've heard the word and we just have no understanding. Without that understanding, we don't know how to respond. So we're wanting to cure that problem of understanding. And of course, we've seen that happen with other folks too. We've talked to them about the the gospel and what it is that God has done for us. And uh, because they don't perceive their own sin, they don't perceive the need for a savior. They just simply don't understand what it is that the gospel is offering so that's the path that's the condition of the heart uh, that's very hard then the rocky uh, soil that's this is the heart that hears the word and receives it with joy and so there's a very quick response and again maybe some of us can relate to that we've heard the gospel or uh, we've come into a new understanding and uh, we have this really rapid change in our hearts right we become very enthusiastic and we start you know listening to christian music and reading books and getting really excited we're going to buy a t-shirt that says i'm a christian and talk to everybody about it and there's just this you know exuberant enthusiasm right and everything in my life changes just like that the problem is that that's very hard to keep up and so sometimes people fall off of that uh, when they come into difficulties when there's a difficulty in their lives and sometimes i think this is the the fault of the church really because we're not preparing people in catechism and this is why catechism is so important we're not preparing them for the persecutions the difficulties that are inevitably going to come sometimes because of their faith right I was listening to Dave Ramsey the other day and this man called that had been raised in a, in a Muslim household. It was a, a Muslim household that didn't practice the faith and he'd been listening to, to Dave Ramsey and listening to these financial principles and he said, I found this hole in my life. And of course Dave says, well that's a God-shaped hole in your life, right? And he says, I'm afraid to explore this. I'm afraid to, to look into this more. And Dave says, of course you should be. Because you're, if you do this, your family and your friends are going to treat you differently. You're going to find that there's going to be hardship because of this. And uh, now you're going to have to, if you choose the Lord, you're going to have to tell the truth. And you're going to have to live a life of righteousness. And then your family and friends that are used to you maybe skirting the truth or doing what's easy. And now you want to do what's hard for the gospel's sake. Uh, they're going to persecute you for that. So sometimes we don't prepare people enough for these difficulties. And there's this thought that, oh, my life is just going to be wonderful and easy after I accept the gospel of the Lord. So they're not ready for that persecution that will come. And then the third condition of the heart is the one where uh, it, it climbs up and so there's some rootedness. The, the plan grows so we're responding to the gospel. Uh, but then again, because of the thorns of the world, which Jesus talks about of this uh, love for riches, we're not ready to deal with uh, temptation. We don't have a faith that's ready to deal with temptation. And again, when we talk with especially young Christians and when we catechize and teach one another, we have to be preparing one another for temptation. How are we going to respond to the temptation of the world and so the thorns are just that and we know that jesus is tempted by the devil in three basic ways right by lust so caring for the body how am i going to make my body really comfortable uh, by wealth right how am i going to gain uh, the wealth of the world or, or fame and then power right the the desire for power to get people to do what i want them to do and these are very strong temptations and and this is really what the the enthusiasm in our uh, world today is about right this pursuit of getting everything out of politics or through fame or for through celebrity right it's all about comfort it's all about power it's all about fame and this is what the world offers as a solution to the problems of the world and of course the problems of the world are not to be found in power or in money or in fame right and so that's the temptation that we have to be prepared uh, to face and that we have to help each other face 
And then finally, there's that good soil, that rich soil, where the seed is able to plant and grow. And then we see the root of God, the kingdom of God, growing within us in this wonderful symbiotic way, right? The plants and the earth work together. And so we know if we've done any kind of gardening that the the condition of the soil and the condition of the root match each other, right? Uh, They match conditions and they influence one another. The, The soil influences the roots and the root influences the soil. There's this back and forth relationship with the kingdom of God and there's this constant uh, give and take in relationship and this is what we're called to do right to make our hearts uh, grow and respond to God we're supposed to be constantly responding to the gospel constantly in prayer responding to the Lord back and forth with him in this uh, relationship this back and forth relationship and what we understand is that all those conditions all the things that make that seed of the kingdom of God the word of God grow and expand all come from God. This is not a new idea with Jesus that God is the sower, right? We see it all the way in Genesis when God plants the garden in paradise and he uh, puts the people in the middle of the garden, right? We're members of that garden. We're plants that have been planted into that garden of paradise. We too are supposed to grow in relationship with that garden. And here in Isaiah, uh, 800 years or so before Christ, he too is talking about God as the sower. He's talking to us about how God is the one who, who makes the things to grow and who provides the water you see here at the very bottom of the page of page one in our reading from uh, chapter 55 Isaiah and we read the whole chapter here this is all chapter 55 Uh, we read that um, he's the one that makes the rain and the snow come down uh, that waters the earth and makes and brings forth the sprout giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater so he does all that it's all by the activity of God it's all by the power of God that that happens and we also see in Isaiah why why it is that God does this why is he planting the seed of the kingdom into our heart why is he planting his truth and righteousness into our hearts we read that he does it here in verse 7 out of compassion and his desire to abundantly pardon see God's desire is to have compassion for us he wants to love us he wants us to have this good life that's bringing forth fruit and he wants to pardon us And that pardoning is something that doesn't just happen once at baptism. It doesn't just happen once when we receive the Holy Spirit. We're pardoned over and over again every day. That's why we say the confession every Sunday. That's why we uh, confess our sins every day in morning and evening prayer. This is why morning and evening prayer is so important, right? Uh, Especially the offices in the Book of Common Prayer. Because if we're just saying prayers, sometimes it's very easy for us to forget to confess our sins and to examine our hearts. And that needs to be a part of our daily practice every day we need to be examining to see where is my heart maybe just a little bit rocky where are those thorns growing up that need to be tended where is it that my heart is maybe even the path where i'm not even understanding the word of god and how is it that the holy spirit is going to be softening and and watering and making grow that that new seed of understanding and and the daily reading of scripture is essential to that deeper understanding we have to constantly be in the word of god And so Isaiah is showing us that out of his compassion and his desire to pardon, he's going to be providing all these tools for the softening of our hearts and the growing of that seed. And St. Paul takes it a step further and he talks about the activity, the participation, the role that we have to play. Again, we talked about the heart and how the mind and the soul are these um, active members of the heart, right? The, the, the heart and the, the, the soul, the mind and the soul, they, 
they are these active members that choose and to participate with God. And so St. Paul talks about the mind and, and what we set the mind on. See, we choose what we set our minds on. That's a choice that we make. And sometimes people overlook this. And again, we don't talk about this enough, right? Some people think, oh, my mind just wanders. My mind goes where it wants to go. But we can train our minds and we can train our minds to focus on those disciplined things that we need to be focused on. And St. Paul is saying we need to be focused upon the will of God and his law. Again, he's comparing the flesh and the will of God, right? And by the flesh, he's not saying that the body is bad or creation is bad. Again, as we said last week, the flesh is his way of talking about these temptations that that Jesus is faced by in the wilderness and that we're faced by every day, these lusts of our body and the the desire for fame and, and for money and fortune. He's saying, rather, we need to train our minds upon the will of God. So again, in reading the scripture and daily prayer and reminding ourselves and one another what the will of God are, what the ways of God are, we more and more take responsibility and train our hearts and minds and allow the Spirit of God to come into us. And he says that what happens is the Spirit of God is planted within our hearts and it's growing up out of us. And as the Spirit of God is found to be speaking within our hearts and our minds, we can align our will with God's. And this is what Jesus calls purity of heart, right? The purity of the heart is to will one thing, the will of God. So we find the Spirit of God speaking within us and we come into daily agreement with Him. Now we're aligned with Him and we're living with Him according to His Spirit. And of course, St. Paul says, this is how we become sons of adoption. Which answers what Jesus tells us at the end of chapter 12 in Matthew. Whoever does the will of my Father is my brother and sister. So we become... Sons and daughters through adoption by doing the will of the Father, by softening our hearts, allowing the seed to be planted, daily practicing agreement with the will of God, allowing Him to break up our hearts through repentance and through judgment and and clear examination of our motives and the condition of our heart so that we can allow the Holy Spirit to water us through daily prayer, through Holy Communion, so that we are fed and watered and can grow in his ways and become members of the household of God, heirs of his promise and his kingdom. May we truly be heirs with Christ in the beauty of God and his kingdom.